Please sit comfortably, everyone. So evening, everyone. Evening, everyone on Zoom. Um, this talk tonight is around um, just expanding on the meaning of the word pro-social. Um, it occurred to me that it's not a word that's used very often um, and we're more likely to use its opposite. You know, we use the word um, anti-social, you know, to describe, you know, like people, for example, vandalising things or harming other people or being obnoxious in some kind of way. But we very rarely use its opposite, um, pro-social. Although it's a term, um, you, you can see that it's a term um, that's starting to find its way into psychological literature. Um, to put, it's like we often think of antisocial, and then, well, if you if you neutralise antisocial behaviour, you kind of come back to neutral, like it's the elimination of something. But we don't often think about what its positive um, opposite is. Um, and when we reflect on the nature of life generally and different life forms, um, essentially a Taoist view of the world or a Zen view of the world is when you look at it, even a, a scientific view of the world, is pretty much everything is in cooperation all the time. The, everything's cooperating with one another. Yes, there's competition in there as well and there's discord. Um, and when you look at particular forms of life, like if you look at ants, for example, or bees, um, they're, they're great examples of pro-social behaviour. They all kind of work together as a team, so they survive, do you know, and reproduce and, um, and, and thrive as a species. Or even, even more um, uh, uh, forms of life that are considered more intelligent, if that's true, um, like us, is um, like, for example, wolves, do you know, are very intelligent animals that'll work together and cooperate to hunt together, you know, or orcas, which are killer whales, you know, are very intelligent animals, actually dolphins. Killer whales sounds like a pretty, pretty antisocial kind of thing to do, but they're actually dolphins. Um, but they're, they're very, very intelligent animals and they, they are known to work in very sophisticated way like teens, you know, when they're, when they're hunting. And it's also the ability to cooperate um, is one of the defining aspects of human beings. That's probably why we're one of the reasons why we're so successful as a species um, is that we have this great capacity to cooperate and organise together. I um, mean, in, in hunter-gatherer societies, again, sophisticated ways of working as a group, you know, to hunt. Um, but in all of our businesses, organisations, schools, nations, governments and so on, sure, there's a whole lot of problems there, but it's basically the capacity that human beings have to cooperate with one another to meet common goals. So it's a... It, some of the scientific views you hear about human behaviour, um, like you, there's books written like The Selfish Gene and so on, do you know how we're all basically selfish? A lot of those those views are being challenged quite a lot um, by 
people like Ema Gilchrist, um, Darsha Naves, and other people who look into the connection between neuroscience and evolution and so on. And the, the view that's turning around is that we're actually basically, everything's cooperating with one another, with some level of competition that happens there as well. And if we look at human behaviour, we can all point to um, various destructive aspects of, of cooperation as well, like we're seeing with um, various wars around the world, you know, um, military military um, organisations cooperate very well in, you know, in terms of destroying other people or property or whatever. That's the, that's the dark side of it. Um, but the fact that we can cooperate um, and that we can cooperate in a more inclusive, holistic kind of way is in many ways what Dharma practice is aiming towards. So it's, a, it's the use of a term like a psychological term and one that we don't use very much. But all of our Dharma practice is actually about creating pro-social behaviours. And if you think about it, the Brahma Viharas, you know, loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity, all of those are traits which create harmonious cooperative behaviour between people and between species as well. Mm-hmm. So the, so the nature of practice is about harmonising and cooperating with others. Um, and, and their opposites, I, I guess, is... Uh, I won't compete with the sound. The opposite, of course, is like what breaks down cooperation It's in, in what we might call antisocial behaviour is jealousy, competitiveness, you know, um, ill feeling towards others, um, not acknowledging the good things other people do. Mm -hmm. And and the precepts as well, um, even though they're often um, worded in the negative, you know, don't kill, don't steal, etc., are all all teachings which are encouraging pro-social behaviour as well. So it's important sometimes just to get a different perspective on our practice rather than just using the traditional terms, to, to use these new words sometimes to give us a different kind of perspective about where the practice is going. And of course, pro-social doesn't necessarily mean um, being conventional um, or being part of mainstream culture. Some people, um, particularly people who practice then, you know, uh, maybe unconventional, even eccentric, you know, um, not interested in main, mainstream culture. Oh, that's a lot of aspects of mainstream culture I'm not interested in. That doesn't necessarily, I don't mean antisocial in that sense, um, but it's the willingness to, um, the willingness to get along with others, cooperate with others, um, integrate with others, be empathic with others is what it's really all about. And um, so I just thought I'd bring that angle in on it tonight to, um, to expand what our understanding of practice is. Yes, the, the engine room of practice is sitting, like, like I said, in the, when you sit, everything's cooperating with one another. Your body, your breath, your mind, 
all, all in harmony or moving towards harmony. And then there is always the outward expression of that in, in our life. One of the well-known um, saying statements that comes from the Diamond Sutra is dwelling nowhere, let the mind come forth. So in that sort of place of emptiness, of harmony, it's not enough just to sit in it. It's like, like what, what comes out of that? What, what, what is expressed out of that that's wholesome, do you know, that then um, uh, enriches our life and the life of others? And that comes back to that basic sense of we're all in this together, not just human beings, but whole of life is all in this together. How do we, how do we harmonise that? That is the question.